Good morning, it's 20 minutes past 11. You are on Hope FM Listen and Live. My name is Grace Mutiso. Happy New Week to you and Happy New Month to you. It's just the fifth day of the month of June. Half year gone. And because this is a leadership forum, I want to ask you as a leader, you know the things that you set, your goals, your targets, have you achieved them? Or they are somewhere hanging, and what are you going to do about it? Amen. My name is Grace Lutiso. Joy to be with you as we do it every alternate Monday. We get to the leadership forum, and remember, this is a show that we discuss matters, leaders, and followers. And we are live on Hope FM. You can also catch us live on Hope TV. You can also catch us live at Hope FM live and at Hope TV live on Facebook and YouTube. So you have three options. If you, you want to watch us, please rush to Hope TV and at Hope TV Kenya at Hope FM live that's on Facebook and YouTube. You'll be able to catch the conversation. And allow me to bring us to our guest, our usual facilitator Reverend Dr. David Oginde, uh, our facilitator for the day. And of course, we began a series on servant leadership last time we were together. And we want to proceed on. We stopped at some point. So we want to pick it up from there as we learn together. Of course, looking forward for your feedback. 20933 is my SMS line. At FM Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is how you can interact with us uh, online. Good morning, Bishop Ogende. Good morning. You're well? Very well, thank you. Mm. Yeah. We are glad to see you. Thank you. And to have you here at Hope. Thank you. Mm, I'm trying to, to increase the volume here so that we are at par. I don't uh. shout. <laughs> 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 How was your a week? You know, we were together here last week, but one. How has your week been? Weeks. Weeks. It's just a week, Bishop. Oh, it's a week. It's a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. How has it been? It's, it's been a busy one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. I kept thinking before we get to servant leadership, you know, just watching the news yesterday and you said uh, in this forum, you've said a leader needs to keep selling and selling the vision. And there is a vision that is being sold to us Kenyans, which <laughs> the country sort of split. You know, um, some 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 part of the followers feel you're pushing this down our throat. Another portion of the followers feel this is a good thing for us. And I was just wondering, you know, the finance bill, you know, the followers are split. So what should a leader do in such a situation? Because there are those who are for it. I know Parliament will be discussing about it tomorrow. Yes. But it's a tricky place. Yesterday, the civil society were, mm -mm -mm -mm, you, you can't push it. So if a leader finds themselves in that situation, what do you do? You are selling, but it's not sellable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, let me say, um, with my new position, it's difficult to comment on, uh, on such issues. Uh, but from a political, uh, not a political leadership perspective, a leader will always find themselves. That's why we talk about selling. Yeah. Uh, vision is sold. It's not just shared. So if you're a leader and you have a vision, you have something you want to do or you want to accomplish. And uh, usually the, the reason that one is a leader is that you have uh, reflected over what you want to do you have taken into account several factors. You have meditated on this. And by the time you're coming to sell that vision, 
you are almost convinced that this is the best way to go. It is not always possible to get everybody on board. That is the, 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 the hope of every leader, that when you come to the people, they will, they will just say, yes, uh, uh, we buy into this. That is not always possible in leadership. I have been through it myself, you know, where uh, as a bishop of Sitam, I, I had ideas of where the church should be going, uh, some of the things we should be doing. And uh, I started selling it right from uh, the ground uh, going up. Uh, sometimes, depending on what it is, you start from the top because you want uh, buy-in from the top so that by the time you go to the ground, you have everybody on board. And uh, uh, there are several times when it didn't materialize. You know, you, you go to the AGM and the AGM says, no, this yes. is not where we should be going. Mm -hmm. uh, or you go to the deacon board and the board said no, or the elders. Uh, so that is the reality of leadership, if I put it from a general perspective. And as a leader, therefore, you should not be discouraged. Uh, if, if you find yourself in such a place, it's part of leadership. Jesus himself came to sell us an idea, a vision. And he said, the kingdom of God is here. He's healed people. In fact, when he, was, when he laid down his manifesto in Luke chapter 4, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has come, uh, sent me to bring good news. And, and, and he said what he's going to do. And he then began to implement that manifesto. They killed him in the end. So that is the, what I call the, both the, the burden of leadership. And I, we talked about burden of leadership some time back. Uh, that people may not always buy into your vision but yours is to sell it and, and try as much as possible to get people to buy it. But even if they don't, it's part of leadership. Don't kill yourself. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it, Fair enough. it, it is, it is the, the, the paradox yeah. of leadership. So tomorrow, today they are saying, Hosanna, tomorrow... Crucify, crucify him. him. Yeah. And some people only after he's dead. You remember the centurion mm. after Jesus died and then saw the earth shaking and the moon, the sun darkening and surely this was the son of God. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yes. But you've died. The fact is you've died. So that's the nature of leadership. Okay. Keep selling the vision. Keep selling the vision. Sour. So we began on servant leadership last week. Uh, last week, but one. Yes, yes. Yeah, last week, but one. Would want to pick it up from there? Actually, we, we left where we have just started. Yes. I don't know whether you remember. Remind me. That we talked about vision and selling vision. That's yes. the last thing we, we actually talked about. Yes. And we, we said that uh, part of servant leadership is to sell your vision. Because a servant leader does not coerce, impose, 
uh, and do all those kinds of things. A servant leader wants to go with the people. You want to go with the people. And, and uh, in this particular uh, platform, we have talked consistently about uh, the great man Nehemiah. Yes. How he sold his vision so well to the people in Jerusalem. These were people who had lived in a state of dilapidation for so long. They were used to it. And they may even be cynical uh, and say, how can you do this? But uh, Nehemiah came and sold them the vision of what could happen. And just simply by telling them, they, describing the state they were in, the problems they were facing, and, and, and the challenges. And then on the other flip side, tell them of the benefits of what could happen and how it could be done. When he was through with them, they all said, Let's let's build. Yes. Let's build. Yes. And fifty two short days, the wall was up. That's what everybody, every leader would want to see. But like we have just said, it is not always the case. Uh people will not always buy your vision in the same way. But it is the task and responsibility of every leader to conceive the vision and to sell the vision so that the people can rally behind him. John Maxwell says leadership only functions on the basis of trust. And what you, you want, therefore, to build as you sell your vision is help people see that this is for their benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what, what vision, vision is all about. So you paint the, the picture of the future, but it's built on trust that you, uh, you have our welfare at heart. At heart. Yes. What if a follower can be able to pick that, uh, that there is it's like a leader has no uh, welfare of the follower at heart, and yet the leader is busy. Yes, selling, but a follower can pick. Yes, you're selling, but I know you don't have my interest at heart. Uh, you know, trust, trust is built over time. Now, that time is relative. Uh, sometimes we watch you... Uh, if you are in an organizational leader, for example, that gives you time to interact with your members and therefore they get to trust you, uh, sometimes 100%, sometimes in certain areas. So that trust as you, as you build, trust is like, a, it's like an account that you have in a bank. Yes. You, you credit and you debit, you know, you you put in and you withdraw. So when you do positive things and you act in transparent ways and you act in positive ways on behalf of the people, you are investing in that account. And so the, the trust factor rises. When you betray, when we say you betray trust, in other words, you do contrary to what you said, then you withdraw from your trust bank. And depending on 
what it is that you have done, sometimes the withdrawal can be huge. <laughs> you know? Yes. Such so that you are, your trust account can go to zero, even negative. You know, so you are in a trust deficit. Yeah. That, that people, you can come with a great idea. You can come with a big thing and they can see this guy, but I, we don't trust you. Yeah. Because you, you betrayed that trust at some point by your actions, by your words, by whatever it is. So trust is a very delicate thing, just like a currency, like a money. Uh, you want to consistently build and 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 uh, increase your account of trust, so that when you need it, uh, you can then withdraw from it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you you will sell when you sell your vision. People will be buying it from that account of trust. Uh, do I trust this person? Mm. People who are trusted can actually mislead people if they. Mm. Yeah. Because. When a person has trust, has built their trust in you, whatever you say, they will say. Good. If Grace has said it, yeah. Like Shakahola kind of a thing. Yes, uh, I have said. For example, I haven't I haven't been able to get there, but I would really want to hear the story of Paul Mackenzie and how he built that trust in court that one person after another was willing to die. You can only do that when you trust. Mm. And and like I said, trust can be abused. So, you know, like a child, if you if you pick a, a baby, you know, and, and you are throwing them up, they laugh. True. <laughs> you know? And they enjoy it. Yes. They are not aware that should you leave them to fall. Oh, my. <laughs> you know? Yes. But because they have trust in you, for them, it is just an enjoyable experience. Oh, yes. So you throw them up, you put your hand, they come, they fall, and they laugh, and then they enjoy. Because they trust you. Yes. If ever, and I hope you don't do it this experiment, but even if it is by chance or mistake, that they slip through your hand and they fall you're not throwing that child up again. Mm -mm. They will Never. not accept. Yeah. Their trust has gone to deficit. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yes. Because of the experience that they went through. So that's why trust is so, so very important in vision selling. Uh, so when, when a leader does that, it, it really helps them in, the, in, in their leadership journey. Okay. Uh, in, in that. So how you inspire that trust is so very important. How, let me, let me just, before I leave that trust thing, how do you build trust? Number one, tell the truth in all situations. It is not always uh, easy. I was going to say not always possible. It is always possible, but it's not always easy to tell the truth. But tell the truth. Tell the truth to yourself. Tell the truth to you, your people. Just stick with the truth. They may not like you for the moment, but eventually uh, when they, it turns out to be true, they trust you mm. because you tell them the truth. That's how people will, will say, uh, if so-and-so said it, I believe it. 
Yes. I believe it because they always tell the truth. Well, on that, you know, I've, I've, I've worked for a few years of my life, Bishop, and I've worked under a leader who um, never told the truth. And one day when the situations came out, said, you know, I was protecting you from, you know, if, if you knew it, it As would it have is. hurt you. Yes. So I had to find a way off. Well, what's your comment on that? <laughs> a leader saying, I had to shield you from the truth so that if you knew it, it would really no, there's, hurt you. There's, there's a shielding from the truth. Uh, I, I agree that you telling the truth does not mean telling everything. Now you're confusing me. I'm now confusing. I'll explain that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll explain that so yes. that so that uh, you you uh, I, I don't confuse other members out there. Uh, by by I I mean there can be information that is not appropriate at the moment mm -hmm. to say. If I said it, it will do more harm than good. Okay? So I want to protect you as it were or protect ourselves from that information, perhaps for the time being, uh, perhaps permanently, you know. That is not lying. So, but there's a way I can uh, protect you from that truth by lying. So I tell you something that is contrary to what the truth really is. That is lying. And that we must desist from. So I don't tell you untruth to protect you from that truth. Because then, how will I know next time that what you are telling me is not another untruth? Mm. Do you see? Yes. For example, when we began this this uh, session, you asked me what I think about the debate that is going on. Yes. I simply say, with my current position, I cannot comment on that. Yes. That is the truth. The hard truth. <laughs> but uh, does it mean I don't have a position? No. I, I have a position. Yes. I have, I have certain, uh, uh, what, feelings or opinions on the same, but I can't say it. So I have told you I can't say it. And you took it as that. Yes. I have not lied to you. Okay? Yes. So the, that, that's what I call, um, as you asked, protecting from the truth. It is not necessary. It is not appropriate and so on to tell you that truth at this time because it doesn't add value or may complicate things and, and so on. Yes. But if now I did not say that and went ahead and tell you a lie, <laughs> which I myself don't believe, but so that I protect you from the truth or protect us from the truth, then next time I'm telling you something you're not sure, is, is this true or false? You know, it takes away from your trust. Bank. And, uh, yeah, so my, my trust bank begins to be depleted. Yes. And the more I tell you such things, the more it gets depleted and you get to a point where you don't even bother asking uh, because I, I know it's not going to tell me the truth. Yeah. So that's, that's the difference. Okay. Great. So if this person, your boss, I hope he was not lying. 
You see, <laughs> you are also concealing the truth from us. <laughs> Story for another day, Bishop. <laughs> yeah. Without revealing identity. Without revealing identity. Mm. So this 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 person who a leader, whichever you are, there are situations where you can't tell people everything because it may not be appropriate. It may not add value. It may create a crisis. So that is okay. And it is okay to say, at this point, uh, I can't tell you that. Okay. You know? Yes. Or at this point, that is formation that uh, may not be in public domain and, and so on. So you know I have the information, but I can't reveal it. Yes. But if you, I say, I don't know. You're lying. <laughs> then you discover I was right in the middle of yes. where this thing was happening. Yeah. Then I was lying. Yeah, then I was lying. Then that is going to undermine your credibility. So what I'm hearing you say as a leader, you sieve. You, yes, you, you can. And it is okay to sieve information. Yes. Uh, up so, to what extent? To share or not to share, but exactly. don't lie. Don't lie. Okay. That's what you are saying. Don't That's lie. Yeah. Uh, we all know that there's certain information, even in family, you know, there's certain information that you may not tell the children at this point. Uh, in the good old days when we didn't have WhatsApp and, and SMS and social media, uh, a relative could be, could have passed on. But you don't want to reveal that information to certain individuals until certain people are informed yes. or come. Yes. So you are being asked, so uh, you are in any was sick. How are they going on? Uh, you say, no, they're they are okay. They are. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you don't want to reveal that information at this point. So um, for the purposes of controlling and managing uh, the particular situation. One of the, uh, as preachers, uh, and, and I'm still in that domain, some of the texts that are very difficult. I was just, I was doing my devotion this morning yes. on the book of Esther. And this matter came up uh, in chapter, I think it's chapter three uh, of the book of Esther. And no, in, in fact, from chapter one, so in chapter in chapter one, uh, Queen Vashti has uh, disobeyed the the king, and the king has sought uh, the advice on what should be done. And uh, part of the advice is that he should get another queen. You know, uh, get rid of Vashti, get another queen. Then you are left with that story there. Then now. There's a man called Mordecai. And Mordecai had a cousin called Hadassah, also known as Esther. Okay? So he hears about this op job opportunity, <laughs> if we call it that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he feels Esther should get into this. Yeah. You know? So he goes and tells Esther about it. But he tells Esther not to say that she's a Jew because that would undermine her opportunity. So Esther gets into this contest, and she, the Bible repeats several times. That's what caught my attention. 
Yes. And she did not reveal her identity because Mordecai, her uncle, had told her not to do so. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, <laughs> that's interesting. Is this lying or uh, what is going on here and how should we handle this? And then now you go further on and, and other situations still arise and again, they are not revealing the information. I was going to say that as preachers, we find it very difficult to preach on such texts because are you concealing information or are you lying? Mm, you know? Yes. If Esther was to be asked, what is your nationality? Thank God she was not asked, so she didn't reveal. Uh, what is your nationality? What would she have said? Crossroads there. It's a crossroad <laughs> there. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So ethics would require that she actually says, I am actually a Jew. Yes. And 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 trust that God will still navigate her uh, through that process. But having not been asked, she did not disclose. That's what the Bible is saying. Very tricky thing about uh, about telling the truth and, 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 and how that goes. So I leave it at that for now. <laughs> Clear, concise, Bishop. Tell the truth as a leader. Tell always. the truth as a leader yes. always. Okay. Don't lie to conceal the truth. Mm. Don't lie to distort the truth and so on and so forth. Just, just tell the truth. Okay. Where you are not able to tell the truth, say, I'm not able to say that now. Mm. No comment. No. <laughs> it's, the yes. worst, it's the worst thing that I I don't think a leader should ever say no comment. Oh, really? No. Just just be truthful and say, I'm unable to say that now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't push. Don't push. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've done right. that a few times. I've done mm. that. I've, I've, there's a situation where I've had to say that and... Unfortunately, I can't give you that information at this time. Yes. Yeah, but when the right time comes, I will let you know. Okay. Yes. And talk to the followers. You know, they're the ones who push the leaders, Sana, to... <laughs> to, to reveal. <laughs> to reveal, because you're talking to leaders and followers. So in such kind of a situation, how should the follower behave? Because there are other followers who are really pushy, and they'll do everything to get the info. In, I think it's including not, uh, going around the leader. It's it's it is not. Why do you want to know this information? I think the motive usually is a key thing. Some people want to know for ill motives, uh, or to catch you, or to uh, whatever it is. I don't know what. Why would the person be pushing when I, as your leader, have told you this is not the right time for me to tell you this. Why should you continue to insist that you want to know it? it, 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 it's, it there's something fishy about it. I, I know people like the unionists, you know, would like to push and push and say, tell us, tell us, you know. Uh, but those are unionists. Uh, we, we understand them. But you as an ordinary member of the team, why do you insist? If the leader has come out honestly and tell, told you at this point, I'm not able to 
give you this information because there are still processes that are still going on. I have had those situations, like uh, there were times when pos possibly there's rumor that we are going to do a reshuffle or something is going to happen. And people want to know, so Bishop, we hear there's coming a, res a reshuffle. I just tell them, well, if you have heard, wait for it, you know? <laughs> but as, at this point, uh, that information is not available. Yeah. So because it is still being managed because there are, there are several processes that perhaps we still need to undertake before we get to uh, disclosing it. And when it comes, it will come. Yes. It's just human curiosity. I want to be the first to know. So that I can, I was with Bishop and he told me, you know, <laughs> what value does it add? <laughs> just, just be patient. Yes. The time will come. Okay. Yeah. And it will be, you'll be told nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. Yes. If you have any question, please remember to engage with us. Our SMS line is 20933. That is 20933. You can also WhatsApp us on 0717400555. That is 0717400555. You can also engage with us on the comment section at Top FM Live at Hop TV Kenya on Facebook and YouTube. We are live right there. We'll be getting to your comment. And of course, just to remind you of... Um, question of the day where we give you an opportunity to ask any question regarding leadership that you'd need counsel on and of course uh, Bishop Ogindu will be glad to answer you so keep keep your questions coming okay Bishop so number one speak the truth yes let's move to the next one uh, number two is they are related act honestly the one now is tell tell the truth this one is to act let your conduct speak your truth that will build trust because there are people who say one thing and do another that undermines your uh, trust trust in you so it also depletes your trust bank uh, so if if you t say one thing but you do another like they say uh, you preach wine, you preach, preach water, water, and you drink wine. You drink wine. Yes. yes. That undermines your credibility and therefore takes away from your trust. So act honestly. Do the things you say should be done or that you would do. Uh, and, and, and thirdly, be transparent. And, and and open about issues. So, except for those special rare cases where uh, the food is not ready, you can't serve it for now, the rest of the time, be open. You know, when people ask questions or come want to know something, let them know. It's nothing to hide, you know. Uh, that, again, builds trust. When, when you are open with people, uh, they will they will get to know that th when there is something to say and there is something to do and I go to my leader, they will they will be open about it. They will not be secretive or uh, deceitful uh, in in that. So those those are three things: tell the truth, act the truth, and number Just three, be mind. open about the truth. Mm. Yes, all of it literally is revolving around the truth. Yes, 
that's how trust builds mm. credibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Noted. Be, be open about it. <laughs> <Yes>. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Yes. yes. So number uh, six in our list is uh, uh, that servant leaders empower others. They empower others. They enable and empower, encourage, energize others to also become leaders. Uh, servant leaders have, uh, are, I don't know whether we already talked about this, but servant leaders are people who are confident in who they are. We did say that. Yes, at the beginning, at the uh, beginning. dealing with, with your past issues not affecting you. Yes. So we talked about confidence a bit. Confidence, yes. 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 So you can only empower others when you are confident. You can't empower others when you have insecurity. Insecure, insecure leaders tend to, to push people down. Uh, I, use, I use this illustration many times that, uh, you know, there was, there was a time when we had the, 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 the real projector. I don't know whether you were old enough to have seen it. The one, like cassette? Uh, yeah, it, it, but the, a big, one. a big, a big film projector. You know, yes. it would have, have a big reel. It is still used in illustration of movies. You know, mm. I saw it in KBC. I think you saw it in KBC. Yeah. That's where we used to see. It. They used to come to the village <laughs> <laughs> with a okay. Land Rover and, yes. and and show us uh, movies. Most of them were documentaries on farming and and so on. But we were just happy to watch a movie anyway because yes. we had no TV, we had no anything, so just seeing this. So now those projectors, for you to watch the movie, I remember when we were in, 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 in secondary school, uh, we used to have movies on Sunday evenings, almost every Sunday evening. So we'd go to the hall and, and the thing is set up and then you hear lights out, lights out. So all the lights had to be put off so before you could watch your movie. So that is how it worked. To see this movie lights out. Now come to where we are today and there are now LED uh, projectors and screens. You see even some on the streets. In broad daylight, you can see them. You can watch your movie in broad daylight. At home, you can watch your movie. So there's, there's now the LED projector or LED screens. There is no issue of light out. No. You can still see what is happening. So now there are leaders who are on the real projector. For their light to shine, they have to put off other lights. You know, yeah. for you to do to see their 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 success, for you for people to see that they are great, they have to put off other and lights around light. them. Mm. So it's lights off, lights out, lights out. So anybody who is going to show like they are rising up mm -hmm. or like they are excelling, uh, they have to be dealt with. 
transfer them to Northeastern or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them a chance to present, <laughs> you know, yeah. because they are afraid that mm. as their light shines, mm. these people's light shines, my light as the leader will not be visible. So the light will now go to this new person. That was the problem that King Saul had. When he was okay as David killed Goliath, that yes. is okay. Mm. But when the light started shining and the people started singing, the solar killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands, then he realized this light has to be oh. put off so that my light can continue to shine. And so you find him spending the rest of his life pursuing David to remove him. And there are leaders like that who they can't allow anybody in their team to shine. They can't allow anybody in their team to, to, to rise. They have to put them off because they are insecure. Servant leaders are people who empower others. They put your light on. They notice that you have something and they give you opportunity to, for your light to shine. And, and when I train on leadership, I tell people what many of us as leaders don't realize is that when you cause other people's below you for their light to shine, yours shines even brighter. True. Yeah. True. Because you are the one who has brought them up. And so they, they will keep saying, wow, you, you've really brought up this person. You've really given this person. You have empowered this person and so on and so forth. So your light shines brighter, not less. So you should not be afraid when you have gifted people in your team uh, some of them better gifted than you are uh, and, and, and give them a chance give them opportunity uh, to, to also shine and that will cause your light to shine even brighter so servant leaders are people who are in that category of empowering others identifying talent and, and, and helping these people to grow that talent uh, to to shine and 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 be more visible, and in the end they are they are happy to even recede as this other person uh, shines brighter. Uh, as I say that, I'm reminded of John the Baptist. Yes, he came as a powerful preacher, and the Bible says people were flocking to him. You know. Yeah. But when Jesus appeared on the scene, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away all sin. And he says, Now I must decrease so that he may increase. increase. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was happy to serve under Jesus, who he is the one who baptized. Now Jesus, on the other hand, on, later on, is also saying of all men, born of women, there is no one who is greater than John the Baptist. Yeah. So you can see how these two leaders are not afraid to uh, allow each other to shine in their own way. Servant leaders are those kinds of, op of, the, uh, of people. Okay. You energize others, you help others. Energize others and help others. 
Let's pause there and catch up with the news at noon. We'll be right back with your questions and comments and, of course, proceeding on with our topic of the day on servant leadership. I'm hosting Reverend Dr. David Oginde on the Leadership Forum. FM. It's now 12 p.m. Listen and live. The signature with the song title Rejoice, playing right here at Hope FM. Listen and leave. Good afternoon to you. It's quarter past 12. My name is Grace Petiso. Welcome to uh, Praise Junction. This is the Leadership Forum where we discuss matters, leaders, and followers. We are continuing with the series we began uh, the other week on Monday about servant leadership. Before I invite back uh, Bishop Oginde, allow me to let you know that our very own presenter, Sharon Naitore Wangenye, has been nominated for the prestigious AfriGlow Women Choice Awards. Now, we're asking you to help us bring this award home. What do you need to do? It's very simple to vote for Sharon as the presenter of the year uh, in the AfriGlow Afri Women's Choice Award. What you need to do is to dial star 483 star 733 star 551206 hash. Again, star 483 star 733 star 551206 hash and if that is too hard please uh, visit www.africglowwomenschoiceawards.e20.co.ke that is remember voting ends on 16th of June this year. So vote as many times as possible for Sharon as the presenter of the year in the prestigious AfriGlow Women's Choice Awards. We are counting on your vote to bring this award home. And of course, you know, it's it's your viewer and also our listeners that help us, you know, get these awards being nominated there. And we really appreciate you for keeping it Hope FM. Listen and leave and Hope TV. Look and leave. Experience the hope, the music, the anointing. This is Hope FM, where you listen and live. And of course, we get back now to a topic of the day. Remember again, our SMS line 20933. You can also engage with us on 0717400555. That's our WhatsApp line. And at Hope FM Live at Hope TV Kenya on Facebook and YouTube on the comment section, I'll be sampling some of your comments right there and your questions as we proceed on with the discussion in this final hour of Praise Junction, the Leadership Forum. Welcome back, Bishop. Thank you. Mm, we are still discussing number six. Yeah, we, we. I thought we were done with number six. Were we really? Yes, we were talking mm. about empowering others. Yes. Uh, well, maybe w one thing we can add there is that uh, these people are ready to share leadership and authority with with their <coughs> team members. So you find uh, one of the things, for example, that used to do once in a while is to allow one of the team members to chair the meeting while while as chair I sit uh, I sit in yes. uh, to just demystify this thing of chairing <laughs> you know mm. uh, it doesn't take away from me that I'm the bishop yeah that, but but they can chair the meeting and uh, uh, sometimes they did better than I did in managing in managing the meetings I must confess mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's the last time they cheered. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're not empowering others if you did that, Bishop. You're not empowering. You had you switch off the light. Switch off, off the light. Lights off. <laughs> so that my my movie can be seen. <laughs> yeah, but that that's one of the ways sharing uh, authority with others, and you're not threatened by the fact that they may do better than you can yes. or, uh, or that you do, than you do. Uh, for us, especially from uh, uh, say the pastoral perspective where we were preachers, you know, uh, primarily, mm. you may find that you have a team member who is a better preacher, you know, than you are. Yes. So if you are the kind that is threatened, you never give them the platform. You know, they never see that pulpit. You you keep them away. But if you are a good leader, then you you give them more opportunities. In this, I want to appreciate our our Bishop Emeritus, Bishop Adoyo, yes. um, because he 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 opened the pulpit to to us. You know, and and. He would really enjoy uh, a good sermon from from uh, from the rest of us who are his team members, and that really gave us confidence and and built us up as as preachers, because he was not worried. You you he you would be speaking there and you hear him saying amen yes. uh, behind you and you feel like yes, uh, I, I want to I, I want to move on and and that for me was was a very great thing that our bishop. Adoyo uh, did uh, for us who are up and coming young, uh, young preachers and young pastors, yes. and, and that that really is servant leadership. The the fact that you empower others, you rejoice in your team members' successes. Uh, you you are happy that that they are progressing, uh, rather than feeling a kiwaru in your <laughs> in your throat how comes me i'm not you know you know yeah that that is not servant leadership so mm. servant leadership is empowering others rejoicing in your team members success uh raising up those people who are uh maybe struggling in one way or another uh you 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 bring them up uh, Perhaps it is also a good point to mention that servant leadership and transformational leadership are actually close relatives. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is very small. Uh, transformational leadership has is more focused on transformation, just as it's called transformational leadership. So transforming the people, transforming the organization. Servant leadership is focused on service, the way you practice leadership. But this aspect of empowering in, in, uh, in transformational leadership, you find uh, what is um, uh, called um, uh, individualized consideration. So individualized consideration, which is one of the four eyes of, of transformational leadership, is that you, the leader focuses on an individual to see their gifts, their strengths, their talents, their skills, and seeks to empower them and uh, according to that. So if I find that you are, uh, again, to use a church setting, yes. if I find that you are a very good preacher, then I want to develop you and give you opportunity in that area of preaching. If I find that you are a very good counselor, 
and then I give you opportunities uh, and, and to, to, to do more counseling so that you develop your gift uh, in that area. Because not every pastor is a good preacher. So I don't want to put you in a place where you are struggling, you are making a mess of yourself. Uh, when you are finished, you don't even want to meet anybody, you know. <laughs> not that you will never give you a chance, but recognizing that this is not your area of strength. Yeah. But you may be a very good pastor for visitation or for young people or for children or for whatever. And, and a good leader, therefore, identifies those talents. So when you have your management team, when you have your team, there are some people who are very good in particular areas of your organization. And so you want to develop them in those areas. Somebody may be a general member of staff, but you are seeing they have skills that can be developed in the area of marketing. And so you may even take them for training in that particular area so that they develop their skills in that area. And before you know it, this person can be the marketing manager in the organization while they started down there as a clerk or something. But because you are focused on the various individuals and, and looking at their skills and their gifts, you, you empower them to, to grow in those areas. So that is where the servant leadership and, and, and uh, transformational leadership have a meeting point mm -hmm. uh, because they are focused on the person, they are focused on the individual, um, individual member and their strengths and gifts and skills. Okay. Yes. So that's what I would add on, on uh, empowering others. Then we go to number seven, which is related, is building community. You, what we could also call teamwork. Uh, I know that in, in CITAM, one of our core values and commitments is community. Yes, which, which has to do with how we do things together. So a, a servant leader wants to build community, wants to build a sense of belonging, uh, wants to build uh, teamwork. Now, each of our members are gifted differently. But you don't want to create silos where each one is growing separately from the other. But you want all these gifts to be gelled together so th for the common good. So a servant leader uh, is a person who identifies these different strengths uh, and and also weaknesses mm -hmm. of the various ones and sees how how do we bring all this together for the common good. So you you become a team that supports one another in the different areas. So you you create that sense of we are doing this together. Where there is no good servant leadership or let me say even where there's no good leadership, yeah. you'll find different teams competing against each other or different individuals competing against each other. And that messes up with productivity because if the salespeople are competing with the finance people and are competing with, you know, so they're not seeing that we are building the same house. We are building this together. We are in this together. You may be 
working in a different department, I'm working in a different department, another person is working in a different department, but all these departments are part of the same team. Yeah. We are building the same team. So again, going back to Nehemiah, the, the, the wall is one. Yes. <laughs> we are only building yes. one wall. True. But everybody was building outside of their house, you know? So you can't say my my part of the wall is the better part of the wall. No, we are all building one yeah. wall. Yeah. When the wall is completed, we all celebrate that one wall that we have accomplished. And you will notice how Nehemiah was very careful to put professionals and people who are skilled in particular areas to work on those areas that needed skill. So the building of the gates uh, and so on were given to people who had skills in that particular area. Yes. Again, that is the, the, the uh, what can I call it, the secret of good delegation. Don't delegate things to people simply to, in a democratic way, you know? Uh, some people, some leaders make that mistake. I'm sorry because I've spent too much of my life in uh, in church. I keep using church examples. No problem. So if as a leader, as a, as a senior pastor, I am working out a preaching schedule. I have three or four pastors with me. Now, a democratic leader will say each person will preach four times in a year. You know? Mm. That is not leadership. We are not in a democratic space. <laughs> okay? Yes. So I identify who are our good preachers. I'll give them more time. Why? Because these people will minister to the people, will serve the people. And that will help in the growth and development of the members and the growth of the church. But if I say everybody will have an equal chance then even the stragglers are given four chances to struggle. <laughs> oh <laughs> four my. chances. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> I can imagine. But that's how bad it is. <laughs> so people will be asking, who is preaching today? Nani, I, I'm I not think I, these days they say I'll join online. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my. So yeah. this is not a democracy. Uh, in that sense, where you want to give everybody an equal chance. Yes. It is democracy in the sense that you want to give everybody a chance in their area of strength. You know? mm, that means you must have identified. You must have identified. When maybe we are running a family series and we want yeah. something around children, this pastor would thrive. But these exactly. other days, give these other ones. Exactly. Okay. So that's that's how you do it. And in any organization, you'll find that kind of a situation. You have people who are gifted and skilled in particular areas. Give them a chance in those areas to shine when the right time for that shining is required. Yes. You know, then there will be another time when it is a different group that, that you need. And there's a time when you really need something that is very specialized. And even though you have even your deputy or you are very senior, but you know that this person, in this one, they can't deliver. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I need this other person. Yeah to help us here because they can deliver. So you give them. So it is not that you are overlooking the others or you are bypassing protocol, but that you have helped the team members to realize that 
all of us are working on the same wall. So when we give this person, it's because we want this wall to be done well in this particular area. But when we are putting the gates, you are good at gate, so you'll fix the gate. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, that, is, that is good servant leadership, and, and it helps build that community. And we all celebrate everybody. So even if it is this junior, in quotes, who has done a good job, we rally behind and say, that was a great work, yes. uh, all of us, so that they feel we are part of community. We are, we are working together. Uh, we are building the same wall. Question. Yes. Uh, in part of building a community, I love the example you've used, Bishop, about Nehemiah, where he put professionals to take care of, you know, the critical bits. So what happens if um, a leader is putting a professional, let me to use that loosely, a yeah. professional in court, could be a very junior staff to focus on this assignment and yet the staff feels, no, I, I, I can't do that. Um, I'm not even qualified. I think... David would do better than me. How are yes. you able to encourage this stuff so that to to pick it up? Yes, yes. Without taking too long because very, we also don't have time a as very leaders. Good question. A very good question. Uh, you see, skills are developed. So is confidence. So I will not give you a bulldozer job when you are at the jembe level. <laughs> you oh. know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <Wow>. Point home. <laughs> Point home. <laughs> yes. So I will I will start you with small projects, uh, and and people will begin to see you succeed. Yes. Even yourself, you will gain confidence by little successes that you make. The illustration I use is uh, for that is high jump. Even a professional will not start at three meters. No. They normally put it very low, and everybody jumps. Then they push it six inches or four inches. Then everybody jumps. And people get eliminated as the thing gets higher and higher. And higher. Yes. So even the professional, if you they go to the field and the first place they put it is three meters, four meters, they will not. They will run, run, rich, and then they come back. You know, they can't make it. So those incremental successes build confidence and develop skills. So I will, I will, I will start with small opportunities uh, so that this person begins to build their confidence and develop their skills. By the time they are being given the big thing, even them, they feel... Yeah, I'm ready for this. You know, they, they will not be shying away. But if I just come to you and say, you're going to do this, I'm setting you up for failure. Because you don't have confidence, you'll be stammering, you'll be, you know, sweating and all that. That's not what we want to do. So you start with small uh, projects, small opportunities that you know this person can handle. And then keep moving them a step at a time until they get to that place where they can do the high jump. Okay. Yes. One last one, then we move. You know, building a community, it's about teamwork. Yes. 
and in it how how should the leader handle Sanbalat and Tobiah kind of followers <laughs> 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 or assume even it's in management level yes Sanbalat and Tobiah kind of managers very good uh, for those who may not be familiar with 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 the story of Nehemiah and who Sanbalat and Tobias are these are the people who opposed the building of the wall, the rebuilding of the wall, and they, they, their ultimate objective was to stop this work from happening, and so they did all that they could to ensure that Nehemiah does not succeed. So that that is Sanballat, Tobias, and the Arab. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, I forgot that one. <laughs> yes. So this these people, their aim was to make sure the project doesn't succeed, and. Sadly, in organizations, in teams, you'll find those kinds of people. You are here busy selling the vision. Uh, looks like everybody's on board, and there are people who are saying, mm, this will not go far. There are those who are just cynical, that just, they don't buy in, they're just there. But there are people who are directly opposed, and their mission is to ensure that your project does not Succeed. How do you handle that? Nehemiah is a great example. What did Nehemiah do with these people? First of all, he uh, if you are not the top leader, if you are not the top leader, it's always so important for you to secure the support of the top leader. Because remember, Sanballat and Tobiah were well connected. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. So they could undermine and bring down your project from very high up. And so with orders above, <laughs> from above, <laughs> yes. they could actually come and say, this project is stopped. And, and I told you I was reading a book, the book of Esther today, and there's this man, Haman. Haman was very well connected in government. He was at State House. Yes. He had the ear of the president. And, and he could say, and he did say, uh, advise the president, and and uh, a decree was issued for the, the 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 killing of the Jews. So you could have those kinds of people in your team who are very well connected, and they could derail you. So it is always important for you to have um, that authority and blessing from the relevant persons or relevant people, so that. When now Sanballat and Tobiah comes, they find that you are protected from higher I'm up. Up. If you even if you don't have that access yeah. uh, to to higher authorities, of course, it makes your life so much more difficult because these people can cut you down from the top. <laughs> you know. Yes. But the one thing that you find again about Nehemiah is that he did not waste time with his people. He focused on the work that was to be done. And so you find uh, Sanballat and Tobiah sending word to Nehemiah to invite him for discussion. Let's discuss this matter mm. uh, and, and see before we go to the king. Uh, what, what are you up to? And what they want is to derail Nehemiah from the work he's doing. And so Nehemiah sends them word back I am doing a very important job and I have no time for these discussions. So please, let me do what I have to do. Yeah. Number three 
is that Nehemiah puts watchmen, guards. So you must also guard the work that you are doing against saboteurs. You know, people who want to sabotage your work. So sometimes it's physical guarding, but sometimes it's just mental guarding, you know, put guards so that these people know that you are not going to mess up with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, <laughs> so uh, that kind of guarding is necessary. But sometimes it is also important to go and talk to these people. Some people are opposed to projects because they don't understand. You, you shared the vision. Uh, they heard you, but they have not understood you. So one of the things I do as a leader is to call this person or call these people. Usually it is better to call them one by one. Not as a group. Not as a group. Okay. At a group, they will derail you. Mm, they yes. are very powerful. They're very powerful. <laughs> they can be very powerful because okay. they support one another. Yes. So I, I invite them one by one, and I just say, oh, um, what, what is it that you don't understand? I don't start with them from where they are. I start with them by selling the vision mm. at a personal level. Yes. Now, I notice that you are a bit uncomfortable about this project. I don't know whether you fully understand what it is about. So just briefly, this is what it is about. This is the issue we are dealing with. This is the issue we are trying to solve. And this is how we are going about it. And this is how we are going to implement it. I don't know where you find uh, problems. Perhaps I can help clarify. So then they can tell you where their problem lies you know so they say i have a problem with this then yes. i explain now i understand what you are saying but this is what the issue, real issue is this is what we are actually doing uh i don't know whether it makes sense to you so you try to sell them in details with a view to winning them over by the way let me just also say this sometimes some of the people who oppose you are your best allies Mm. they may have seen something you didn't see. Yeah. And so when I invite these people, I also go with an open mind that they might just tell me something that I have not seen because yes. there's something called leadership blind spot. Yes. I have dreamt this idea. I have thought about it. I have even as a Christian prayed about it. I am convinced that this is the way to go. But there's a point where I have, which I have missed. So when I call this person, I also ha uh, have an open heart and open ear to hear them. And if they make sense, I want to take that on board yeah. and just say, I hadn't seen that side. That is a very useful point. And uh, perhaps maybe we can see how to work on it. If it is something that is fatal, what I call a fatal advice, in the sense that it kills the project completely, I am also free to have it that way. So I say that is such a critical point that I had not seen, we had not considered, and I think you have a great point that we need to take into account. For that reason, we'll put this project on hold until we deal with that particular matter. Yeah. Now, what does that do? 
which goes back to what you were talking about earlier about building trust. Trust, yes. Yes. True. So now you have an ally who was your opposer. True, <laughs> you know? True. Uh, you, this person was opposing the project, but from a positive point of view, it's just that we were not hearing each other. So those individual consultations help you either to build an ally or to win over uh, the person or to just say, okay, I understand, because sometimes you may not agree. Their point of view and your point of view are totally opposite. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, I hear you. Uh, unfortunately, that's how you, you see things, but this is what we want to do. So my request is, please allow those people who believe in this for us to move on without you having to uh, sabotage what would otherwise be good for the organization. So at least I can persuade them to allow the rest of us to move on. But I have given you a hearing. I have heard where you are coming from. I appreciate how you see things. It's just that, unfortunately, it is not possible for us to change this. And this is the course we are taking. OK. You know what dictatorship is in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Those are bad words. Sorry. <laughs> I think I've heard about it so many times yes, yes. in the news. Eh? Yes. So uh, where is the, the thin line between a follower saying, uh, my leader, instead of b building a team, which is what you're focusing on, is just dictating to us what we need to do. My leader is a dictator. A dictator is, is a person who does not listen to reason. I, I want to believe that what I have described is not dictatorship is that I have given you a listening ear I have tried to listen to what you are saying your point of view is just that your point of view and our point of view are different okay yes and the project has to go on, go on. yeah so I am saying I have heard you I understand where you are coming from but in this circumstance it is best for us to move in this direction my plea to you is that you would join us in the same. But if you strongly feel you cannot join us, please allow the rest of us to keep going. That I would not consider a dictator. A dictator comes and says, this is what you want to do? Upende, uzipende, you know? <laughs> yeah. No questions asked, uh, no explanations given. That is dictatorship. But this is what we call directive leadership which is in the borderline of dictatorship. But directive leadership is that you give people direction and sometimes you go against their will in order to achieve the ultimate good for the organization. Yeah. So where will these ones be? Okay, we have moved from calling them Sanbalat and Tobaya <laughs> over different opinions. So as we are building the team, let's yes. say this project. So uh, this project is taking maybe a month or two or three. So how should a leader handle these followers who are of a different opinion? I have already handled them. So you just I hope you, uh, they uh, chill uh, there. <laughs> yes, because I've, I've requested them kindly to allow us mm. to move on with the project in light of the explanations that I have given. I have also given you a listening ear to hear where you are coming from. And I've appreciated that I can see where you are coming from. 
It's just that if for us to move forward, your position notwithstanding, mm. this is the place where we need to go. Now, if you, after that, wants to agitate, you want to do whatever, then now we bring the soldiers. <laughs> the watchmen are the gate. The watchmen are the gate and the guards on the wall. Oh, my. You know, the Bible says Nehemiah had these people who had a spear and a, and a spade in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the project has to move on. Yeah. And we see it in Nehemiah, the, the, the sword and the spade have to be there. But I have given you a chance to express your views. And, and what I'm saying, I've practiced you know, in my in my short life of leadership, yes. I have I have practiced that. I've had people who are totally opposed to what you are doing. I gave them a hearing at a personal level to just hear where you're coming from. In some cases, as I've said, I found that their point of view was actually very useful for what we were doing. It's just that we had not thought about it. Yes. And therefore we change course. We put things on hold. We do things differently. When you do that kind of thing, then when you refuse, uh, not refuse, you decline to take a position, yes. uh, the position of an individual, mm -hmm. they know that you're not just being a dictator, but that you have considered all factors and that in this particular case, this is the best way to go. So after that, now the sword and the spear to guard the wall, because the wall has to be rebuilt. Yeah. Yes. Huh. <laughs> I doubt if the, the follower will still be there. <laughs> Let's get the follower still has to be there. The followers the watchman at the gate, it will be stay aside we will, until we build the wall. Uh, you, you see, for example, yes, uh, the leadership context, what we call constituency leadership, takes into account the factors on the ground. For example, if you are in the air, okay, the pilot tells you we have a problem with the one of our engines. Yes. It's, it's, it's weak. We, we are unlikely to go far. He can't, he can't come out to the passenger and say, what do you people think we should do? Yes. You know? So now somebody is saying, you know, there's no way we can go back to the airport. I have an important meeting that is waiting for me where we are going. Yeah. I will not listen to that. And they bring problems and they are like, no, 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 no. What do you think we'll do? All of us, the rest of the passengers, we'll join with the pilot and the crew mm. to take charge of this person <laughs> because our lives are in danger. Yeah. So there are certain situations that are like that. You cannot follow democracy or what we call participatory uh, leadership. Mm. So there, there are certain situations. That's why we call it situational uh, contingency leadership. It depends on that contingency. If it is not a matter that is life and death, you can give people time. Sometimes the one that I didn't give is that sometimes you postpone. Yes. And again, I've done that, you know, where you postpone the decision. You say, okay, let's go and reflect on this. There are people who are on this side. There are people who are on this side. Uh, we need to build consensus on this before we can move forward. And uh, let's go and reflect and let's regroup. That's another way of diffusing tension okay. in the group. Hi. What a tuangali question of the day. Question, question of the day on the Leadership Forum. 
And thank you so much for your engagement. Now, our one of our listeners is asking, thank you for the fantastic leadership forum discussion today. I'm a keen listener to this. My question is, what do you do in a situation where you are working under a leader who pulls you down, creates silos in the team, and the environment is becoming quite toxic with team members leaving at any opportunity? No feedback sessions or evaluations for the time I've been here. It's over three years. It's a family business. It's a family business. It's a person, a member of the family, the 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 one who is asking. They have not indicated. They have not indicated. Mm, let's assume they are not. If they are not members, family businesses are tricky in the sense that it requires so much more from the leader than is normal. Uh, because the the thin line between um, official work and family work, uh, life can be so diffused. Um, so normally what would be good, this is a follower asking. For a follower, a member of the team that is asking this question is the same thing that we talked about. Go and talk to the leader and say, now we are facing this challenge and just give them the facts as they are and what the consequences are and and plead with them to do something about it. You know? If it's a good leader, they will listen and, and then make the necessary adjustments. That, that is the best that you can do as a member of this team especially if you find yourself in that kind of situation. Yeah. Counsel with the leader. And we have talked about leading the leader mm. as, as one of the, 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 the responsibilities of team members. So just go and talk with them. You know, uh, they may not even understand why people are leaving. Tell them, you know, so-and-so left us recently. From our discussion with them, these were the issues, you know, and... I think that there's something that we can do. Perhaps make proposals. Yes. If we adjusted this and we adjusted that, uh, perhaps it could make the environment a little more uh, viable, you know, conducive to our work. And and pray that he's a good leader and he's, he's, he can listen and make those adjustments. M I tell people, sometimes we, when we talk about family business, we talk almost like it's a sin, you know? Uh, family <laughs> business. Most of the businesses, big businesses that we see today were started as family business. businesses. Mm. Most of them. Talk about Mercedes, talk about Toyota. Toyota is still a family business up to today, you know, it's by the Toyota family. But they're spread across the world and they are doing very well. So at the beginning point, there are those teething problems and requires us very special leadership on the part of the family members to, to be able to navigate those waters. So it requires humility from the part of the leader, but it also requires courage and advice from the part of the members. Okay. 
what about a person like me this listener says is a gentleman let's withhold the name uh says what what about a person like me who thinks the opposition issue can really be a problem for a team of very few people like five to six people let's say how will the project move on from the few members left there is already a big disappointment for a leader Mm. Mm. for a smaller team I don't think that the size of the team necessarily matters the smaller the team sometimes the uh, more difficult it is but at times it's also the easier because if you have a small team and there's just one person who is opposed you can always talk with them the problem with a bigger group these people can stir up an insurrection, you know, so that the one person can mobilize 50 people and you think the problem is widespread. Kumbet is just one person who has mobilized all these people and now they are making noise across the board. So you are wondering what is happening, but it's just one person. Yeah. And uh, it, when you sort out that one person, you may find that the problem is sorted out. When you are few, it is easier to identify. It is, you know, so and so who has the problem. So you can call them aside and talk to them. So the process to me is still the same. Yeah. Whether you are few or many, talk with the person at a personal level. Give them a listening ear and just find out where is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can a servant leader be a carrier of vision? That's what we talked about. You remember where we left last time and started this today? Mm -hmm. A servant leader is a carrier and seller of vision. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Let me see if we have any other one. Uh, okay. Okay, I'm trying to see if we have another one. Thank you, Sarah. You're saying you're learning a lot from today's session. Uh, one of our, of our listeners appreciating you for the excellent sermon at Sitam Thika Road, where you really blessed the forces, guys who serve at the forces. Oh, thank, saying, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. Oh, we have a minute to go, Bishop. Um, if you could give us your parting shot and pray for us. Oh, that time is <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, what can I say? I think we said it at the beginning. Servant leadership is one of the most powerful uh, models of leadership. When practiced well, it will shoot the organization, the members, and yourself to the highest level. So it's, it's something that th those things that we have been discussing since the last session and today are practical things that we can actually uh, practice in our leadership or begin to develop if you have not yet started in our leadership and just see yourself and your teams move to the next level. Okay. So we'll call upon you to just try them. Mm. Yeah. Before you pray, yes. an urgent one just dropped here, Bishop. Yes. As a member of a team, what do you do when it becomes so obvious that the leadership team you are under are not working as a team and they don't even speak the same voice? It almost looks like we have been left alone and now members seem to do what they think is right before their own eyes. I have had a desire to see us work as a team and united in purpose as a team member, but I feel helpless. 
That's very unfortunate. Um, it means that the leader is not taking leadership uh, for this team. That's what I'm hearing. And so the members are on their own and everybody's doing whatever uh, they please. This is where sometimes it calls for what we call emergent leader. Emergent leader is a person who is not designated as a leader as such, but they take leadership and they try to provide order into chaos. I, I give the example, if if we are in a gridlock on the traffic, yes, yeah, uh, in the city center and nobody is moving, I have seen situations where the street boys come and begin to control traffic yes. and everybody obeys. Yes. Whether you have a Range Rover or a Tuk Tuk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I this person is providing leadership. a solution. Yes. Yes. So leadership is about providing solutions. So you who is a team member and you are seeing this chaos, step in and provide solutions, you know, okay. uh, so that you don't remain in a gridlock. Okay. Yeah. Good pray. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for giving us opportunity this uh, morning, afternoon, uh, to just consider these matters to do with leadership, especially servant leadership, which emanates directly from the throne of God. I pray those of us who are in leadership, Lord, that we will uh, take some of these uh, lessons and principles that we have learned and either enhance them or put them into practice so that we may guide your people in the right way. This is our prayer as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bishop, and God bless you. Asante sana. My name is Grace Matiso. Have a wonderful time. Thank you for joining us. God willing, let's do this again. Next week will be Meet of the Word, and the week after will be the Leadership Forum. Shalom and God bless.